Have you heard? There's a, a brand new translation of the Bible out, and its popularity has been spreading. It's called the Passion Translation. The question is, is it good or is it bad or is it somewhere in between? Well, I'm going to talk about that in this week's edition of the Midweek Connection, March the 1st, 2023. Now, I'll get to the Passion Translation in just a few minutes. But first, this week's announcements. Number one, I want to share with you the results of Sunday's affirmation of elder and deacon candidates. We had 133 TMC members participate, and the end result is that each candidate received at least an 80% affirmation or more. So, I just want to thank all of you all of you members who participated, and I want to congratulate both the returning and the new deacons and elders. Now, the current elders and deacons, they're going to continue to serve through the month of March. And as we cross over into April, then deacons Scott Erickson and Ross Kelderman will rotate off the board, as will Greg Stearns and Jason Grease, they will rotate off of the elder board. They have all four served uh, six consecutive years. And so I want to thank these men. I want to thank them for their faithful service over the past six years. And on Sunday, April the 2nd, I want to recognize these men for their service in our worship gathering. So I look forward to doing that. Also, the new deacons, Irv Larson and Kyle Schwant, and the new elders, Keith Stahl and David Kortner, uh, they're going to begin their terms of service beginning April the 1st. And so we're going to recognize these men as well at our April 2nd worship gathering. And we're going to have a time of prayer over them as they begin their service. Now, having been reaffirmed for service, uh, Deacons Lowell DeVries, Adam Vesalius, Paul Miller and John Tickner will each begin a new two-year term of service beginning the 1st of April. You know, TMC is blessed. Truly, we are blessed to have biblically qualified men to serve the body and to provide leadership among us. And so, thank you to all who have, who will, or who are presently serving in these leadership capacities. Your service is greatly appreciated. Number two, women's retreat at Twin Lakes Bible Camp is coming up March the 31st through April the 1st. Now, ladies, this is a great opportunity to get away, to unplug, to fellowship with other ladies from TMC, and I guarantee you will be edified by good Bible teaching. Now, the cost is $90 per person, and you will need to RSVP, and you can do that via the email blast this coming Friday. There'll be a link there in the blast this Friday. Now, Megan Kelderman is the point person for this uh, outing, 
And so if you have questions, you can connect with Megan and her email uh, address has been there on the screen. All right, so reach out to her if you have questions. Number three, a new women's Bible study is beginning March the 25th. It's called A Walk Through the Old Testament. And this is a seven-week study for all women, and it will meet uh, each Saturday at 10 a.m. Now, Carol Kondachian is going to be leading, and she does a great job leading Bible studies for our ladies. And uh, if you want to participate in that, you'll need to RSVP to attend. And just like uh, the women's retreat, there'll be uh, a link in this week's email blast so that you can register if you would like. Now, finally, as you've probably noticed, <laughs> we're getting near the end of our study of Romans. In fact, the final message from Romans is scheduled to be given on Sunday, April the 23rd. That's not very far from now. So um, it's only natural that we would be thinking, well, what's next? And that's what I'm going to focus on next week in the Midweek Connection. I'm going to give you the schedule for May, what we'll be speaking on and teaching on in May, then also what we'll be doing in June and July, and finally, what we'll be doing in August. And I said finally, but that's not finally. Finally, I'm going to announce the next book of the Bible that we'll be studying, beginning with our fall 2023 kickoff in September. So, I look forward to sharing these exciting things with you next week, and I hope that you'll connect then to kind of learn where we're going after Romans in the short term, but then where we're going in the long term uh, starting in the month of September. Well, that's all I have for this week's announcements. Now let's turn our attention to uh, this new Bible translation called the Passion Translation. Well, one of the responsibilities that Jesus gave to those who shepherd His church under Him, they're called under-shepherds, is that of teaching sound doctrine and protecting the sheep from wolves. <laughs> uh, not four-legged animals, but two-legged ones, <laughs> false teachers. The Apostle Paul spoke to this in Acts chapter 20. And I want you to look with me at what he had to say there, beginning with verse 28. Paul writes, or actually Luke writes, <laughs> but Paul is the speaker, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert. Now today I'm feeling, filling the role of guardian of the flock uh, by making you aware that this new so-called translation of the Bible is one that uh, truly you want to stay away from. Now I say this because it is neither a translation nor is it a trustworthy work worthy to carry the title, the Word of God. Now let's begin by defining the term Bible translation. 
You know, the Bible was written in Hebrew, Greek, and some in Aramaic. Now, unless you can read those languages, those texts must be translated into a language that you can read. And of course, for us, that's English. Now, there are two proven and accepted methods of translation. One is word for word, and the other is called dynamic equivalent. Now, word for word translations go to the original language manuscripts, and they seek to translate the words found there directly into English. The King James Version, the NASB Version, the ESV, these represent versions that have done just that. They have gone to the original language manuscripts and they have translated those words directly, uh, word for word, uh, as close as possible uh, into English. But then there is what is known as uh, dynamic equivalent translation. And the dynamic equivalent goes also to the original language manuscripts and seeks then to take the individual thoughts expressed and to transpose those into the best English phrase or sentence to accurately communicate the original language into English. Now, uh, the NLT, the, the New Living Translation, is such a work. Now, whether word for word or dynamic equivalent, the point is to go to the best and most accurate original language manuscripts and to translate those into English so that we can read it. Now, there's also what is known as a paraphrase, which is not a translation, but is, is the work of an author or a group of scholars, perhaps, who take an English translation and work to put what is there into the most accurate, readable, conversational language uh, that they can. Uh, the Living Bible, for those of you who remember that, it's no longer in print. I've got several of those, by the way. But uh, the Living Bible and the Message actually fit into that category. So what about the Passion Translation? Well, the Passion Translation is not a word-for-word, -word, nor is it a dynamic equivalent from the original language manuscript. <laughs> In fact, it's not even a paraphrase. Um, the Passion Translation is the work of primarily one man, and his name is Brian Simmons. Now, Brian Simmons claims to have made a legitimate translation, but what he has actually done is he has added text that is not in the original language manuscripts, which in turn then pollutes the meaning of the original language manuscripts, bending them toward the beliefs and teachings of a movement known as NAR, New Apostolic Reformation. Now, NAR is not a biblical movement, but one that promotes experience, mysticism, and so-called modern-day apostles over Scripture. So today, I want to lay out for you clear evidence of why the Passion Translation is a dangerous work and why we should avoid it and should um, uh, expose it for the heresy that it actually is. Number one, it adds words to Scripture that isn't Scripture. Um, now, there are Scriptures both in the Old Testament and New Testament 
that warn us against adding to or taking away words of Scripture. Deuteronomy 4.2 and Revelation 22.18-9. Yet, this is something that Brian Simmons actually does. Uh, Dr. Andrew Sheed, who is head of Old Testament and Hebrew studies at Moore Theological College in New South Wales, Australia, who also is a member of the uh, NIV Committee on Bible Translation, writes this about Brian and his translation. He says, quote, Brian Simmons has made a new translation of the Psalms, and now the whole New Testament, which aims to reintroduce the passion and fire of the Bible to the English reader. Well, that right there is not such a bad thing, is it? But here's how he achieves it. <laughs> He achieves it uh, by abandoning all interest in textual accuracy, playing fast and loose with the original languages, and inserting so much new material into the text that it is at least 50% longer than the original. Uh, the result is a strongly sectarian translation that no longer counts as scripture, by masquerading as a Bible, it threatens to bind uh, entire churches in, in thrall to, false, to a false god. Now, I got that from uh, the Gospel Coalition, and there's a long uh, thing there, and if you want to know, I can send it to you, and you can look it up for yourself. Now, if the Passion Translation was a translation from the original language manuscripts, my question is, how could its word content increase upward of 50%? You know, the truth is it couldn't. The explanation for this is that Simmons adds his own commentary to the work. And that basically takes it out of the translation category and makes it more of a commentary. <laughs> and in my opinion, a bad one at that. Now, Brian Simmons... Number two is not a trained biblical language um, uh, uh, expert. Uh, he lacks the skills needed to produce an accurate translation. In fact, he tells us this. I want you to listen to this brief audio clip where Brian tells us that he is really not qualified. And here it is. When you, when you started this project, um, were you... Had you already had training in Greek and Hebrew, or was this something that you had to jump into again? Or I had minimal background in biblical languages. So, yeah, it was something that, honestly, something the Lord has really helped me with. Um, okay, great. Now, Brian said it right there. He has minimal background in biblical language. And he said that it... To do this was something the Lord had to help him with. Which brings me to point number three. Brian Simmons claims to have received a visitation from Jesus himself to commission him to create this so-called translation. And this, by the way, then, is the help that Brian is claiming that Jesus gave him. Let's take a moment to watch this clip. I think you'll find it interesting. Jesus Christ came into my room. He breathed on me and he spoke to me and said, I'm commissioning you to translate, to translate the, Bible the Bible 
into the into translation, the, project, the translation that project that I'm giving you to do. And, and he promised that he would help me, and he promised me he would give me secrets language. of the Hebrew language. And I felt downloads coming instantly. I received downloads. It was like I got a chip put inside of me. I got a connection inside of me to hear him better, to understand the scriptures better, and hopefully to translate. Now, it's interesting that Brian uh, tells us, really, he didn't translate. He claims he got divine downloads. He, he equaled it to like uh, getting a chip uh, from a computer. And, and this download just comes and then he regurgitates it out. I don't think that's the way it actually works, uh, Brian. But uh, that is his claim. And this then is the help that he says Jesus gave him because he's really not a qualified scholar. Number four, uh, Brian Simmons claims to have visited, get this, the Library of Heaven where he found a book there on the shelf titled John 22. Now, the Gospel of John only has 21 chapters. So what he's claiming is, is that he found a book there that has a brand new extra chapter to be added to the Gospel of John. Let's listen to what he has to say about that. I was actually asleep and I was taken out of my body and I was brought into this immense library room. I loved being there. Jesus came to me and said, Brian, I cannot let you take this book. I can't let and he you looked take at me in the book. eyes with love that melted me. And he said, book. you are not ready for that book. Then he promised, but I will bring you back one day and I, will give you and I will give you that book. What was the title? Written on the cover of the book was John 22. So according to Simmons, the world is not ready for John chapter 22, but he tells us that Jesus said he would give it to him and that in turn he would give it to us at a later date. That's interesting. And finally, number five, Brian Simmons' website for the Passion Translation claims to have a, a team of qualified scholars to review his work but at this time, if you go there, uh, no names of any such scholars are actually given. Now, friends, there's a lot more that I could share with you. But really, as far as I'm concerned, this is more than enough documented evidence to make the point that Brian Simmons is not a Bible scholar. He is not a translator, nor, in my opinion, is he even a trustworthy spokesman for God. He is violating Scripture by adding voluminous words that do not belong, that do not clarify, but in fact confuse and pollute the message of Scripture. He clearly believes that Jesus has a, a, a new chapter for, God, for John's gospel and that he's going to, to give that to us in the near future. Now finally, Bible Gateway, which is an online resource for Bible translations, recently removed the Passion Translation from its category of Bibles. It no longer puts it out there for people to read. Now, no official reason has been given, but I would have to believe that the reasons already stated uh, in this video um, tell the tale. So, 
That's my take on the Passion Translation. To be clear, it is not my intent to create controversy. It is not my intent to defame a fellow professing Christian. But it is my intent to inform you of the clear and present danger that this work poses and to encourage you not to buy it, not to read it, and certainly do not recommend it to anyone else. For me personally, I cannot recommend it, but rather I condemn it. I condemn it as an unworthy uh, work, uh, unworthy of the attention of the body of Christ. So, I don't think we'll be seeing or hearing that uh, in any of the sermons or teachings that take place at the Mission Church. All right? Well, let's take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, I, I would ask that you would use this presentation not to be an inflammatory um, thing against someone else, but simply to cut it straight and to put truth on the table. Um, there is no way that we can say that this work that claims to be a Bible translation is such. In fact, the man who put this together clearly has violated many of the commands of Scripture to bring this work into being. And so I just pray that we will see it for the false document that it actually is. And I pray that we will not only refuse to give it any space in our lives, but that we would even encourage others to avoid it as well. Lord, you tell us in your word to expose the things of darkness. And um, that's what the intent has been here today. So, Lord, I pray that you will encourage us to, to immerse ourselves in your true word, that when that which is false appears, we can clearly see the difference. Strengthen us at the Mission Church to stand for your true word and for your true gospel. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this Sunday we open up Romans chapter 15. There's only one chapter left, 16. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 7, and the title of the message is Christian Love is Patient with the Weak. <laughs> it's kind of a continuation of what we've been looking at the last couple of weeks, but guess what? I don't get to pick and choose what, what the Bible tells us, and so we'll deal with it systematically uh, and in order just as it's presented. I look forward to our time together this coming Lord's Day, and I say to you, God bless, and you have a great week.